Amen. Thank you, Brother Kirkwood. Well, let's look at Mark chapter 5 this morning, and really not, I'm going to be honest, not really a Father's Day message. It's just something the Lord laid upon my heart, and it's about the demoniac of Gadarene. And so perhaps some of you had children like this that are demoniacs, I don't know, but uh, it seems like they are sometimes, doesn't it? But let's have a word, look here at the Word of God, Mark chapter 5. And we'll see what the Lord does here. Very convicting verse right at the end. We'll move through it very quickly, but I want you to notice some things from the, one of the last verses we'll read that are I found very convicting anyway. And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the letters or the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them out of the country. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils besought him, saying, send, unto, send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about two thousand, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country, And they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. They that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coasts. And when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and had compassion on thee. And he departed, and he began to publish it in Decapolis, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. Notice verse 19 with me again, if you will, for just a moment. The Bible says, Howbeit, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, he suffered him not. The Bible says that the man wanted to get on the ship and go with Jesus. I imagine this man had not felt love like that in a lot of years. He was dwelling in the tombs and he didn't understand human contact. But now that he was made whole, this one that had saved him, he wanted to be with him. And he asked, could I go along with him? And Jesus suffered him not, but he said unto him this. This is what he told him, go home. To thy friends and tell them, now listen, how great things the Lord hath done for thee and hath compassion on thee. How many here this morning by a show of hands could say, you know, the Lord's done some great things in my life? Amen. 
How many of you could say, the Lord has had compassion on me? Amen? You know, if we, if we were to stop and just count our blessings, we'd have to agree with the scriptures that God has done some great things for us. Understand that this man living in these tombs and cutting himself and crying out aloud for mercy uh, and did not have human contact. The only human contact he knew were those that would try to put him in chains and he would just break them asunder. Now that he knew Jesus, God said, look at the great things I've done for you. How do we number them? In this man's life, you might say, he only did one great thing for him. I would say that it was more, if we're honest about it, and we look deeper into his life, we would find that God had brought him to a place where he would meet Jesus, and grace was shown before he was ever born, God had a plan for his life. But if he were to stop and count his blessings, he would say, there's one great thing God did for me, and it's enough that I want to follow him all the days of my life. If we were to stop and take account of the great things that God has done. And I could say to you, listen, just, just give me the greatest. Just give me one great thing God has done for you. And you might say, he saved me when he died on the cross and paid the price for my sins. Jesus is my savior. And I think that's enough to give us a lifetime of gratitude. And this man decided that he would follow the Lord Jesus Christ wherever he would go. He didn't know where that ship was headed. He didn't know where Jesus would go. And yet... He wanted to follow. I want you to notice some things in the scripture today. We notice in the first few verses some, some things about the man. Notice this man. The Bible says when he was come out of the ship, verse 2, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. I want to just say about that that he was living in spiritual death. This man had an unclean spirit, but he had unclean spirits, plural. The Bible tells us that there were so many, and you say some people sometimes ask, why did... Why did Jesus allow those demons to go over into those swine? And I mean, that took away those men's living. Now understand, those were not Jewish men. They were Gentile. Jews were not allowed to be around pigs or swine. And so these, these Gentile men, that was their living, and they took care of all these swine. And yet Jesus allowed those demons to go into 2,000 of them, and they ran into the sea and perished. Why did God allow that? Because he wanted you and I to know how many demons were inside this man. Imagine if it could kill 2,000 swine, the torment that this man was in. He was living in a place of spiritual death. You know, every one of us were once in a place of spiritual death. The Bible says, you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And we need to understand to fully grasp the gospel message, not just where we are in Christ Jesus, but where we came from in Christ Jesus. How he took a dead, rotten soul that was in me, dead because of sin, dead in trespasses and sin, as the Bible puts it, and he he awakened me or quickened me or made me alive in Christ Jesus because Jesus died for my sins. So we see he was living in a spiritual death, but he was living in a separated dwelling. The Bible says in verse 3, who had his dwelling among the tombs, no man could bind him no not with chains because he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces neither could any man tame him understand this some people think the more wicked I behave the more I'll get along with my worldly friends they're only going to put up with it for so long yesterday my wife and I (laughs) We went fishing. We like fishing once in a while. 
we were sitting down on a dock and we were fishing and there were some boats over there and, and people were on their boats and they were drinking and getting louder and louder. And there was one particular woman who had just lost control. And she was, didn't realize how loud she was talking, how long she was screaming. And finally, I, I said, I'm going somewhere else to fish. I got up and I moved back over where it was quieter. My wife ended up moving with me. And, and we just, I just wondered in my heart, how long will even unsaved people put up with that nonsense? This man, the Bible says he had to go live in the tombs because people wouldn't put up with it. They tried to bind him with fetters and they tore him apart. And I just want to say this, sin will make you lonely eventually. Once the money runs out or once the fun runs out or once, uh, you know, you, you start getting sick from your behavior because the world will destroy you. You won't have those friends anymore. This man was living in a separated dwelling. He was dwelling in the tombs and nobody wanted to be around him anymore. So we see a little bit about the man, but I want you to notice, jump down to verse 8. I want you to see the miracle. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. They that fed the swine fled and told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was, what it was that was done. Well, listen to this. And they came to Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and he had the legion sitting and clothed, and in his right mind, they were afraid. Notice the miracle that took place. This man that was possessed with a legion of spirits, you say, how many? I don't know, but enough to fill 2,000 swine. There could have been a hundred in every swine. I don't know. There might have been one in every swine. I don't know. But 2,000 swine would plunge to their death in the sea from just all the demons that were within this man. And in a moment, Jesus said, be gone. And they left and went into the swine and it was gone. I mean, the power. You said, well, Jesus really can't help me, can he? How is he going to heal me of cancer? How is he going to take away my burden? How is he going to take away my grief and sorrow? Notice the miracle. If Jesus is able to take away all these demons, he can take away your problems. Now, I want to move quickly as we, we're going to focus on the last. But notice thirdly, the multitude. Verse 14. They that fed the swine and told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they came to Jesus and see him and was possessed with the devil and had legions sitting and clothed in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coast. Now notice, notice verse 14. The people responded to a witness. You know, sometimes we think that telling other people what Jesus did, and that's exactly what Jesus is about to tell this demoniac to do, or this former demoniac to do, is to go home and tell his friends. Notice, it was those that were on the hillside, those that were with the swine. The Bible says they went into the city and they began to witness and tell people about what had happened out on that hillside. And the Bible says, as a result, 
people came to Jesus. I wonder how many we draw to Jesus. Think about this. These were unsaved people telling people about Jesus, and it drew a crowd. So people will respond to a witness. I, I, I'm convicted by that, wondering how many times we are quiet about what the Lord Jesus Christ has done in our lives. And yet here we see unsaved Gentiles going around telling people, hey, Jesus, let me tell you what Jesus did. You won't believe what happened out on the hillside. And so the people came. But notice, they responded to a witness, but they reacted in a worldly way. The Bible says in verse 16, they saw it. Uh, they that saw it told them, how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. So they get out there to see what's going on and the people began telling them, here's what happened just a few moments ago. And notice what he says, it says in verse 17. And they began to pray him, Jesus, to depart out of their coasts. You see, what is going on? They were more concerned about the swine than they were the miracle. They were more affected by their livelihood and what happened on that hillside and the death of all those pigs than they were about Jesus Christ saving this man from demons. See, that's a worldly response to the gospel. And friends, we get both, don't we? We tell people about Jesus and what he's done for us, and they can even see in our lives change that takes place over time, and we they know that we've been with Jesus, and some will respond appropriately like this demoniac man who says, I want to go with Jesus. But others will respond in a worldly way and say, I don't want to be around you anymore. Go away. Listen, that does not excuse us from being the witnesses that Christ has called us to be. Now, notice this last thing. We've seen the man, the miracle, the multitude, but I want you to see the mission. Notice the mission, verse 18. And when he was coming to the ship, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends, and tell them how great things the Lord hath done for thee, and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. The mission was, Go and tell your friends. I wonder if the man had any friends. The only friends that he knew were those who tried to bind him with chains. Perhaps some were with the crowd that said, we just want you to go away. We don't like what's happening in your life. But the Bible says when the man returned home to tell his friends, instead, he went to a place called Decapolis. You say, what is Decapolis? Decapolis is not a city. It's a group of 10 cities. Think about that. Decapolis means 10 cities. He took upon himself the responsibility of going to 10 cities and sharing Jesus Christ with them. And the Bible says, look at the response, all that Jesus, all the great, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. I wonder one day if we'll get to heaven and meet convert after convert after convert from these 10 cities because of one man's testimony, one man's witness. Well, that's really where I got convicted. It's so easy just to go about our business and not tell others about Jesus Christ. But here was a man that was so grateful for what Jesus did that he went and he told not just his friends, but he went on to 10 cities. Now, let me ask you this. 
Is your condition much different than this man's? How many of you were once spiritually dead? How many of you were once tormented and afflicted just like this man was? How many of you met Jesus and were forever changed because of the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ? Hey, let me ask you this. How many of you were grateful and thankful when Jesus saved you? Amen? And what's Jesus tell us to do? (laughs) Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Go back to your home and tell your friends. Oh, do we have the same burden in our heart that this gentleman had? Jesus could have very well said to him, go to Decapolis. For the rest of your life, I want you to spend it in service and going to 10 different cities and telling them about Jesus and starting churches and, and, and ordaining elders and just like he did with Titus on Crete. But he didn't. He said, just go tell your friends. It was a burden in his heart out of gratitude and thanks for the Lord Jesus Christ ministering in his life that caused him to go out and tell others. Let me say this. We spend a lot of time praising God. We ought to. Let everything have breath. Praise the Lord. We sing. We tell Jesus we love Him. We read our Bibles. We pray. But sometimes we need to show Jesus that we love Him. We need to go and tell a lost and dying world. You know, I can tell my wife all I want that I love her. But it's all those other little things that you do that make the difference, don't they? If I come home with chocolate, how many of you men know what I'm talking about? Just bring some chocolate home. Boy, that's, that's, that's all it takes. It doesn't have to be big. Dr. Pepper, it's like antifreeze, I think. But she, that's a Texas thing. They love Dr. Pepper down there. I just know some of those things that, that, that are a blessing to her. If I, if I make dinner, she's over the top. She hates cooking. If I make dinner sometime, boy, that's... So I'm just saying that sometimes we do things to show somebody we love them rather than just say that we love them. The Lord Jesus Christ, I imagine, we don't know this fellow's name, but in heaven we're going to hear about the fella that went out and evangelized Decapolis. The one that told many, many people about the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Bible says they all marveled. And I wonder how many got saved and how many are in heaven today because one man said, I'm not just going to tell Jesus I love him. I'm going to show him. I'm going to go and tell others about Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment this morning. Pastor Paul, you can come and get ready for some announcements and prayer requests. Let me ask you this morning, do you know you're saved? What Jesus did for that demoniac, he can do for you. I'm not suggesting you're full of demons. I'm just saying that we are all spiritually dead if we don't know Christ. That we are lost and on our way to a Christless eternity called hell. But Jesus can make you alive today. He can save your soul if you'll just put your faith and trust in Him. Is there one that say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. Nobody's looking around. We won't embarrass you, I promise. Would you slip up your hand? Could I help you today? Maybe there's some here today just need to pray and thank God. You know, you look at this fella and how excited he got. 
He said, Jesus, I just want to follow you all the days. I want to go with you right now. Are we following like we ought to? Are we telling others like we ought to? Do you see the similarities in his life? He said, I'm nothing like him. Listen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, but such were some of you. You may not be cutting yourself, but the truth is we've had those spiritual battles. You may not be living in the tombs, but you're living outside the grace of God. Until one day you met him, and by his grace he saved you through faith. What are you doing to show him that you love him? Convicts my heart to think about it. The missionary to to Decapolis. What can be said about you? What are we doing for him?